Hello and welcome to Plattress. This is Meg. This is Lane. And today we're reviewing The Day of the Duchess by Sarah McLean. This came out in 2017 and is the third in the Scandal and Scoundrel series. So this is the one about the scandalous S's? Sort of. The second book wasn't. The first book was. The second book wasn't. And the oh, third that's book right. Is. That's right. But the Scandalous S's are in them. And we have already reviewed those first two. Yes. If you are interested in listening, you can check our back catalog and listen to them. Yeah. We label things clearly, I think. Yeah, I mean, they're in there. Um, Okay, so this one is a marriage in crisis book. So in the very first book, um, the main, the heroine of the first book, Sophie, Sophie in the opening scene, catches her sister Sarah's husband having sex with another woman at a party. At a party. Shoves him into a fish pond Mm -hmm. and flees. And and that's what starts her romantic adventure. Yes. And this book is about redeeming the marriage yes. between the brother-in-law she shoved in a fish pond and, and her sister Sarah. Correct. Who was also, FYI, pregnant. Yup. Yeah. Yeah. So let that, let, let, that, let that settle in. So let me, let me rephrase <laughs> what Lane just said. Basically, this book is a book, it's a marriage and crisis book, and the participants in this marriage, one of them, the wife, was pregnant. When the husband publicly cheated on her at a party and did it on purpose so that everyone knew that he was fucking another woman. Yep. Let's get into it. So the book jacket. The one woman he will never forget. Malcolm Bevingstoke, Duke of Haven, has lived the last three years in self-imposed solitude, paying the price for a mistake he can never reverse and a love he lost forever. The dukedom does not wait, however, and Haven requires an heir, which means he must find himself a wife by summer's end. There is only one problem. He already has one. The one man she will never forgive. After years in exile, Serafina, Duchess of Haven, returns to London with a single goal, to reclaim the life she left and find happiness, unencumbered by the man who broke her heart. Haven offers her a deal. Sarah can have her freedom just as soon as she finds her replacement, which requires her to spend the summer in close quarters with the husband she does not want, but somehow cannot resist. A love neither can deny. The Duke has a single summer to woo his wife and convince her that, despite their broken past, he can give her forever, making every day the day of the Duchess. This is the worst summary. It's awful. First of all, he doesn't give a shit about an heir. No, he does not. He's not trying to find a new wife. He is not. That's all (laughs) ruse. It's all fake. It's all fake, dear listener. Yeah. So... This is, I guess, this is like bait and switch. Um, you, you are being put in the position of Serafina, Duchess of Haven. You are trying to be, you are, you're being fooled by this publisher, and you're trying to believe that actually he's looking for an heir. Except for the third paragraph, which, which explicitly yeah. says he's just trying to win his wife back. So whoever wrote this book jacket should be fired. Yeah, it's a real bad one. And I mean, how awful is the last line? Really painful. It's really bad. It's that, what is it? They use the name of the thing in the thing. So terrible. Yeah, but 
in a very heavy-handed way in that it's in bold at the end it's yes and in caps and just as a reminder because i'm going to touch on this later the scandal and scoundrel series is the one based off the idea of reality tv yeah and like um uh like tmz yeah like like uh tabloids because this one is very clearly the bachelorette <laughs> I mean, yes, but also, anyway. We'll, no, we'll get there. I know. We'll get there. We'll get there. All right. So uh, this week's randomly generated number for our self-written summaries is 26. Okay, I'll go first. My wife wants a divorce, thought the Duke of Haven. I'm sure I'll win her back by lying about my feelings, my motives, and my intentions. Well done. Thank you. Thank uh -huh. you. Uh, my summary, girl loves boy, boy loves girl. Rather than get married, they tryst around until mothers catch them. Marriage is sad. What the fuck was the weird grotto? <laughs> that grotto was really weird. I agree with you. Le no sense. Yeah. I... Okay. You know my, cr my perennial question, though. Did you read the author's note? Um, no. Because she did talk about the grotto in it. <laughs> I did not. <laughs> okay. I did not. That's fair. There are many so tropes. many tropes. So many tropes. Oh my god! So we already talked about marriage in crisis. Yep. There is no friend like a sister. Oh, obviously, real emphasis on family here. Um, overly perceptive young women. Oh god, yeah. Uh huh. Uh, marriage by ruination. Oh yes. Uh, Duchess in a dive bar. <laughs> yes, that sounds like a really good '80s hair metal song. It does. Um, there is nothing on under this coat. I now would like to digress and talk about Fleabag for a bit. You can. Okay. I don't know. This is totally not romance novel related, except that I ha re read romance novels and watch Fleabag. And if you're not watching Fleabag, fix that. It is one of the best uses of there's nothing under this quote trope. And it involves a priest. That's all I'm going to say. Watch it. All right. Interfering mothers. And uh, you only know what you've lost when it's gone. Yeah. Oh God. Sorry. This uh, you can probably tell that um, this was not our favorite Sarah McLean book. I think what I'm realizing is I like Sarah McLean so much yes. as a person. Yes. Like her Twitter presence is amazing, and she is one of my favorite romance novel authors for building a world. Like the scandalous S's are so fucking cool. Mm -hmm. Like, these five sisters are a hoot. They are. The scenes of them all piled in the carriage together had me rolling. They are all really distinctive personalities, they which are. especially because given three of them don't have their own books and don't really get that much attention, like, how defined they are is mm -hmm. really, really cool. I just don't know that Sarah McLean and I have the same definition of what is romantic. Yeah, that's so fair. And, like... I loved her first book ever, Nine Rules to Break. Like, that situation I was head over heels for. That situation. <laughs> I, I, oh, my God. Are you kidding me? A woman who's like, I'm going to do all these things I'm not allowed to do, and you're going to do them with me. Let's make out. Like, I was here for that. But all of the other ones, I end up thinking the hero is actually too bad, or they do something that's actually irredeemable, or I don't understand why the women are like approaching things certain mm -hmm. ways and I think this is really indicative of that like marriage in crisis was never going to be our jam it's not our favorite but marriage in crisis with infidelity and a complete lack of conversation and there's no way this book would have worked if these characters talked to each other oh no no that's I mean but okay I just was pissed the whole time I will tell you so the, my 26 word summary was a revision my first 20, 26 word summary included the line this is Sarah McLean 
at full angst and I don't know if I like it. It's the last line. Well then I wrote it, I kept it in there because I like it. You did, it. <laughs> it's, it's down at the bottom. <laughs> I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's, I don't want to hate on it too much because I just think the premise doesn't work for me fundamentally. Yeah. And I know it works for some people. Yeah. I know some people love like the making a marriage work. Yeah, romance novels. I, do, I don't mind making a marriage work. You know what I mean. I do, I do, I do. No, I do. But um, the only book that I can think of off the top of my head where where this it actually worked really well is Your Wicked Ways by Eloisa James. Okay. thought it was really well done there. And I believed why the marriage was in crisis and why they would come back together. Here... I mean, what do they have in, I mean, supposedly they're in love, which, okay, that, maybe that's really bitchy of me to say, supposedly they're in love, like, okay, I'm not in their relationship, but I personally, that's not, this. so, oh, you know what, let me take a step back. I have always thought that there are two kinds of people in this world. There are like, okay, we're in philosophical. We're, we're really going philosophical here. There are the people who feel more deeply than other people. And those people like to talk about how they feel more deeply than other people. And they like poetry and they're like really into it. Okay. And then there's the rest of the world, like us, <laughs> you know, like normal. I own poetry. No, I do too. And I like poetry, <laughs> but I'm also not going to read yeah. it and like start crying and say, this expressed my soul. Correct. And then you fall in love with someone else who's just like that. The, this book is about that kind of person. Both Malcolm and Sarah. Mm. And the reason they are together is because they have gone through this tragedy together. And they are the only ones who can understand how terrible it made them feel. Okay. That's my opinion. I, sorry, I just came up with that right now on the spot. But I'm, I'm processing. sticking with it. I'm processing. Okay. Yeah, he. they're just... So first of all... I, personal trigger, hate infidelity. Mm -hmm. So the fact that he did actually cheat on her, even with the circumstances defined as they are. I, those circumstances in no way. Mitigate. In no way mitigated what he yeah, did. Yeah. Um, and to compound that, she is a wronged woman who fled to the continent, who feels like she was banished by her husband. Granted, that is because of a giant misunderstanding. Mm -hmm. Um but she, of course, stays chaste and pure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because why? Elaine, <sighs> Elaine, you know why. Because she can't be with anyone who, who can't understand the depth of her feeling. Uh... Yeah, the whole marriage in crisis thing, look, it relies either on a big misunderstanding. In this case, several. Or you done fucked up real bad. Then he did that. So this has both... So here's a quick rundown, as spoiler-free as possible, of the big misunderstandings, some of which were talked about in the first book in the series, so like super minor spoilers. Um, they fell in love and were like running around, and basically her mother threatened to marry her off to somebody else if he didn't commit. Mm -hmm. So rather than talking to him, she, she arranged ranges. to have them caught in a compromising situation. situation. Right. And then um, he proceeds to like basically decide he can't stand the sight of her, kicks her out. So yeah, because he's so pissed off that she trapped him, him into, into marriage. Look, 
I'm sorry, you can't trick someone into marriage if if your dick was in her. Like, it's fair. And for I'm her not to saying it's not a betrayal for her to like call sure, their sure, moms, sure. but like, yeah. yeah, it wasn't like he was totally. It takes two. It takes two exactly. And then in retaliation for him not telling her, in retaliation for him kicking her out of the house, she doesn't tell him she's pregnant. Oh God, yeah, you're right. And then he's like, "Is it some other man's?" So then, the first time he finds out he, she's pregnant is at that party. And so he decides he's gonna go punish her. But he's so mad she didn't tell him that she was pregnant that he goes and sticks his dick in someone else in public. Oh my God, I'm so annoyed. And then she thinks this is what he's wanted all along, and he accuses her of having another man's baby, and then tries to ruin her father financially. Uh-huh. By con- this is all the first book, by the way. This like is this all is all the first book. Yeah, this is not. Yep, this is yep. like this has very little to do with the plot of this book actually. Right. So then he tries to ruin her father financially and ruin her sister's prospects. Mm-hmm. She swallows her pride and a night that she's in labor shows up at his house and this is where the this book spoilers start. She loses the baby and almost dies and takes days to recuperate. And he has decided, you know what, I want to make this marriage work because he he did believe all along that actually it was her child. He just he realized that he was being stupid and that it was their kid and that he loved her and while they'd hurt each other so badly and he was still like yeah. mad at the way they'd chosen to do yeah. things but he, instead she was of worth it. instead of sitting by her bedside to tell her this he decides to take a horse ride or a no that he buries something. their baby in the woods oh yeah i guess he's burying the kid <laughs> even, even so like when you get a priest to do that, and like, don't you think she might want to be at the funeral? There's a lot of like things here. <laughs> so instead, his mother finds her alone in the room and, and says, basically gets <laughs> out. I'll give you as much money as you want. And his mother had trapped his father into marriage, much the same way that Sarah had, quote unquote, trapped him. Yeah. So anyway. I say all of this to say this situation was never gonna work for me. No, no, no. Yeah, I agree. It's not one that I. Um, would see as redeemable at all. So now, and even if it were to be redeemable, it would not be redeemable in the way he goes about it. So basically, she's disappeared for three years. He's spent those three years hunting her down, searching for her everywhere. And she shows up on the last day of Parliament and demands a divorce. And demands a divorce because she wants to own a pub. And yeah. women who are married can't own property. I'm not, guys. I'm sorry. Guys. We're both just like, oh, really? This is your motivation? Yeah. So he decides, shit, how do I convince her to stay married to me? So he Instead defies- of saying, I have been looking for you for three years. I love you. I'm so sorry I let you get away. I, he never, he never apologizes. He never says anything. <gasps> she shows up in his office and he's just like... I'm still... I'm sorry. I'm like so frustrated. But she also never talks to him about what happened. No, like, she doesn't, At but no point in the book does she tell him, mom threatened to make me marry someone else if you didn't propose. This is and true. And at no point does he say, I'm sorry, I was a dick. Yeah. I just feel like he was the one who really needed to apologize oh. in this case. And the moment he said it, she probably would have said like, look, I, I'm not blameless. This right. is what happened. But he never gave her that opening. No, it was, he just never talks to her. So he decides that his actual plan is to stage the bachelorette at his house and make her Chris Harrison. Yeah, yeah. He invites like four eligible, eligible young ladies that she will judge to, and she will be the one choosing which one will be the last. And ex- in exchange for performing this service, he'll divorce her. Yeah. So she decides to bring 
all of her sisters. Yeah. So which is the highlight that is of this book. One hundred percent, one hundred percent, definitely the best part. Um Yeah. Alright, alright. And it's that's all the hilarity. And the thing is, the hilarity doesn't even really derive from this bachelorette premise. No, no, not at all. It really is the, the sisters. sisters. So I don't know why If if he had said, I will divorce you, but we need to spend the summer together and she showed up with her sisters, it would have been the same. Or, or even like I mean? let's see if in his house, I mean in his chambers in Parliament when she first showed up, if he'd apologized and she basically said it's just too late. It's too late. And he said I will only divorce you on the grounds that we work through some of this emotional trauma together. And she responds by like basically trying to run from it by dragging her sisters. That would have been a way better plot. Yeah. Way better. better. Yeah. Um, I put who are these people in question marks because all of the four girls also come with retinue and family and some of them are interesting and meant to be cute or whatever. But like it was especially on top of the five sisters in the house plus all, plus all these girls and these hangers on. So a lot of people. We've been reading a lot of books who with a lot of all people, people lately. Yeah. 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 And I also thought there was some like convenient stuff that Sarah McLean like put into the text. But for example, the fact that she ch randomly was willing to stay in the Duchess's chambers where she'd miscarried. Yeah, there's like, a, a wait, lot of weird. What? Like the second I realized that was the last room left, you know what I do? Knock on my sister's door and be like, "You're trading with me." Or, or I'm sleeping in your bed. Yeah. Sorry, sorry, sis. <laughs> like this, she was not like resigned to this fate. Nope. I totally didn't get it. Uh, uh I, 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 I didn't understand it either because she's obviously this independent woman, woman of property. She's a spoiler alert. Skip thirty seconds. She's a performer. She actually performs at the pub. So she she obviously has a lot of self confidence and has grown in herself in these past three years. Mm -hmm. And she just is like, okay, I guess I'll do whatever you want. It makes no sense. Uh, okay. We've talked about this with Sarah McLean, which is the whole, you know, at the time, he if he had known this was going to happen, he would have done blah, blah, blah. And here we, we got, later he would wish he had said this instead of what he said, which was this. <laughs> but in this case, I also wish he had said what he should have said because it was explaining the whole misunderstanding. Like, so for the record, he never proposes to her. Nope. He never tells her he loves her. Nope. At all in this first time through. I think my overall, I said this to Meg in the car earlier, actually. I don't understand how these two people can be happy together. Like, even if they do truly love each other, they have put each other through so much and experienced so much trauma together. Like, I just, like, to the point that the first time they're hooking up, she thinks about their dead daughter. Like, I just don't get yeah like why this was worth it yeah and here's the thing too that i don't get is we'll talk about it in sexiness because the the sex in and of itself was sexy but i didn't get like why they so were doing horrified. it when they were doing it and i was so horrified by the context yeah that i wasn't able like the first time they he kind of coerces her into yes. being physical with him upon her return to england uh-huh like People are right outside the door. Yep. And she's just like, yes, okay, I'll do this. It was weird. It was so weird. But that doesn't even get to the sex grotto. Can't wait to dissect that. <laughs> Keep going. <laughs> okay. I mean, I don't know if we want to talk about the writings. Why not? Let's talk about it. Go. So I, I don't like it. 
<laughs> okay, this is really stupid. It really bugs me when people don't put prepositions at the end of a sentence if they're writing in a modern style. Sarah McLean's writing is very modern. Yes. But she'll go to these weird convolutions to write things like, it was her about whom he had dreamed. And I'm like, just say he had dreamed of her or he dreamed about her or mm -hmm. she was the one he dreamed about. Like all of those are fine. But the fact that you like had like had to scrub that sentence to, to go put, make sure there was no preposition at the end just makes it stick out more. And to sound old and knee. Right. And I'm like, just write in your modern style and it's totally cool. Yeah. You know, I don't know if it's her, if it's an editor. I don't, I don't catch any of that. But it just bugged me. Okay. Um, so what did you think about the premise being she wants a divorce? Uh, that was fine with me. I, actually, I think that was, if you're gonna have her come out of, so three years away, three years of hiding, what's gonna make her come out of hiding? Yeah, get a divorce. Yeah. But make it so she can marry someone else or so she can get on with her life, not so she can own a pub. I also, this is trigger warning more than offensiveness. Mm-hmm. She, as we said, miscarried their daughter. So if you don't like reading miscarriages, do not read this book. And she also was told she was barren. Yep. Oh, God. I know. I know. We'll get there, Meg. But so part of it, too, is she, on some level, thinks about how she's not, like, able to give him an heir now. Yeah. And that is complicating her feelings about everything. Even though he told her he never wanted kids with her in the past. I don't know. It's a whole thing. But I mean, so whole, like, if miscarriage like, is, is, is rough. No, but so if you anyway. are triggered by discussions of infertility or miscarriage. That's in there. Like this, it's a major plot point yeah. in the plot and in their dynamic between one another. And they talk about it constantly to the point that, spoiler alert, the first time they hook up in the three years later portion when she returns, the tryst does begin on their daughter's grave. Oh, you're right. <laughs> I did not. I blocked that out of my mind. <laughs> I blocked that out. I didn't. Oh, God. <laughs> they don't, like, have sex on the daughter's grave, to be clear, but they, like, make the decision to rendezvous on the daughter's grave. <laughs> yeah. Do you have anything to add? Okay. <laughs> um, not about that. I mean, can I just tell you that I hated the epilogue, though? <gasps> so much. Me too. So... So much like I can't stress this enough if you are a, like someone who cannot have children or is really empathetic about people who cannot have children this epilogue resolves that so neatly in a way that is probably actually going to be really triggering yeah I hated it me too here's the thing there's another book one of my favorite books that I love that actually has a very similar epilogue I don't love that epilogue but it doesn't I don't hate it as much as this one mm -hmm. because it it, I don't know why. I don't know why. And maybe it's just because I didn't like the book and then the epilogue just made it worse. The book I'm thinking of is The Raven Prince. But no, I, I think the problem I had with this epilogue was these two characters, spoiler alert, end up together. <laughs> um, and like work, are still very clearly working through all of the dishonesty and trauma they'd caused each other. Yeah. And so to have an epilogue be a six years later, they both got everything they've ever wanted. And yeah. It's been totally perfect. It was just like... Uh, you did not do enough groundwork to get me to this point with these yeah. two people. And then it was also like, a, oh, cool, glad that conflict yeah. actually was nothing. I mean, I don't even know if we need an offensive in a section, but let's, let's do it. Infidelity, lying, grammar. Great, moving on. Okay, sexiness. 
Um, so here's Sarah McLean is good at writing sex. <laughs> she is. I agree with you. And I think, I mean, Sarah, if you're listening, I think we might have similar things we're into. <laughs> so I think the way she writes sex, like, particularly appeals to me. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Um, and I do think she uses physical intimacy to express emotional intimacy in a way that doesn't feel forced. Yes. Like, she is great at interpersonal dynamics, and that includes sex. I feel like we didn't harp enough on how great her sisters were, but we're past by that. Okay. Um, yeah, her sisters were great. It was great. Best part of the book. I, like, I don't want to spoil anything, because that was hilarious. Exactly. And so the sex is also really great. The problem is, one, this book is told in flashbacks. Yes. So we've got this flashback sex, and we know... So you, you know that... We've talked about this before, that... We like romance novels where the sex has some kind of character development or moves the plot along. It's not just, okay, now it's time for a sex scene. And inherently, if you know the characters have moved past this and you're not getting a plot moment in a sex scene, they're just filler. Yes. And so some of the, the like, these kind of had that vibe. Yes. And the other thing is you know things got so gross between exactly. them. Exactly. You know it, that it's not going to be nice. So you just, I don't know. I uh, I was too upset by their emotional dynamic uh-huh. to be into the sex. Yeah, yeah, I agree. The thing is, yeah, yeah. This was it's some angsty sex. This was an angsty book. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And can I spoil something, Lane? I think we're close to the end, so go for okay. it, Meg. So I'm, I'm spoiling it. FYI, they have, there are two flashback sex scenes. And we find out at the end of the book that those were the only two times that they ever had sex. And it also doesn't make sense to me, and here is why. So, as I mentioned, Haven and Sarah are like sneaking around nonstop when they first meet. Yep. But he won't have, or, or they don't have sex. Right. They are like running around, making out. Apparently she shows up in his offices in Parliament and yep. like strips him down and they're still like, he's telling her it's super important to him not to ruin her. And then, so he invites her to his house one day, and this is when her mother's scheme has now been put into place, that, like, she needs to lock him down. And so then they actually have sex, and their mothers walk in. And so this ruins it. They have that sex scene, and they have one hate sex scene. Hate sex, which is not sexy. Subsequently. And then that's it, until flash forward to the present. Until flash forward, until three years later. But here's what I don't get. My understanding of ruination back in these days was, like, Getting caught holding hands and kissing on the mouth in an orange grove would have done it. I don't know. And I don't know, Lane. They were not keeping their hands off of each other at parties anyway. So why did she have to call their mothers yeah. to his house? Like, she was a scandal in the paper. The whole world knew. If she'd shown up at his house and been like, you've ruined me. Yeah. It's in the papers. Mm-hmm. My mom's going to make me marry someone else. Do you even love me? Yeah. None of this would have happened. Yeah. Well, and it also puts into question for me what happened in The Rogue Not Taken. Yeah. Because they, she has a whole heart-to-heart with Sophie before Sophie does basically exactly what Sarah did. Mm-hmm. And Sophie was, or Sarah told her, you should do it. Mm-hmm. Sarah, ruined your marriage. <laughs> Why would you tell Sophie to do that? No, she They do it. And then she's going to sneak away before her family gets there. Oh, so, she, right, okay. She never tells him. You're right. She never tells him, but her plan is not to get caught. Right. Now I'm remembering. That's why I'm not understanding this part. Anyway, you can cut this whole part out. No, I will. <laughs> um, shit. 
Anyway, I don't know. I I like Sarah McLean's premises a lot. I, I was just thinking about this. I just actually wrote this somewhere. Is that I love her ideas. Her execution is lacking. Can we talk about the weird sex grotto real, real quick? Let's talk about this, this weird sex grotto. This is super spoiler. Grotto. Like, guys, we're, we're past the book at this point. So, while he spent three years searching the world for her, what he did was build a weird, humongous chasm in an ode to a Greek myth in what I could gather is like a mile-long pathway under a under lake. Under a lake. Leading to a underwater statue of Orion? He, is it Orion? Eh, probably. Yeah, and then... Look, I have blocked out whatever... <gasps> Another trope we forgot. Oh my god, the all myth. the Greek shit. Oh my god, all right. So, yeah, he, and he tells her the story of the Greek myth with, like, blatant... I will I will say, I remember it was the Pleiades because it was all yeah. the sisters. Right, and the youngest sister of yeah. the Pleiades is it, with Orion. <sighs> and so he puts her nude on the floor looking up the statue of Orion. <laughs> Or something. Something. Or and maybe then it's have, on the ceiling. And Anyway. Yeah, I remember this. But it's like, first of all, you're telling me that he did an underwater lake project of this random ass myth in three years. While he's been searching the globe for her. For her. For her. Like, why did he think she would like this? And she, and she didn't even know what the myths were, remember? Because yeah. she was like, he always does this. He's a public school boy, and he thinks I know all these myths, and I don't. I was just a sheep farmer's daughter. Not a sheep farmer's coal daughter. daughter. Coal miner's daughter. Um, I just, all of this, I was like, this is what he spent his money on. This is what he spent his time on. Even if I believed this could happen. Why? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, of course, he goes down on her in it. Mm-hmm. And then she runs. And I'm like, none of this made sense. It was weird. It was very odd. There was a an after an author's note okay. that did address the grotto. It addressed none of our issues with the grotto, which is why, how, <laughs> you know, okay. It just addressed that, yes, this type of thing could exist. Um, Apparently there's one out there in England. Okay. There is a sitcom ending. There is. Yeah, there is. Which I might have found fun if I hadn't disliked the rest of it yeah. so much. And, okay, we're in the spoiler section, whatever. So he gets Parliament to be split evenly so he can yep. cast the deciding vote, makes this gigantic protestation of love, and then divorces her. Yeah. And I just don't know why she doesn't say no right? in that moment. Because especially because he's only voting orally, he didn't write it, so he could change it. Like, Great, he did the romantic thing. Yeah, yeah. So, what? Which, why go through with the divorce? Yeah, which which does make this it's the second book we've read recently where divorce where is romantic. divorce is romantic. Yeah. I mean, I guess congrats. I uh, we didn't like it. It was too angsty. It was too angsty, and I don't like angsty sex. Y yeah, no, me neither. So like. Not our cup of tea, but if it is your cup of tea, probably not bad. <laughs> like, if you want to read... If you like Marriage in Crisis, right. Dead Babies, and Hot Sex, knowing that those two things are considerations, and infidelity doesn't bother you, then... You'll probably actually like this. Yes. Like, it's not badly executed. It's a premise I just don't like. Neither of us, neither of us could get into it. I think that's the the biggest issue. Yeah. Well, so, so thank you guys so much for listening. If you enjoyed, rate, review, and subscribe. Thanks again.